We're in for a wild night. Welcome, 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 everybody, to episode 95 of Born to be Wild, a wild exclusive Hearthstone podcast where we have fun hanging out with friends, talking about the wild format of Hearthstone and spotlighting members of the wild community. I'm your host, as always, Nate Wolf. It is wonderful to be back on another uh, beautiful Friday evening here. I'm joining you from Portland, Oregon, and uh, it has been a a long, long week, but I'm really excited to be back. We've got a really uh, exciting show tonight. I always love these these lore episodes, and we try to time them uh, when these new sets come out. And so we've got another one tonight. Should be uh, an absolute blast. Um, just a, a quick side note. Unfortunately, uh, our, our good friend um, E Sheep City is a little bit under the weather tonight, and so um, Sheep uh, is is here with us in in spirit, but uh, not in voice. So um, I'm sure we'll be back to business business as usual next week. Um, but that being said, I am joined tonight by two of my favorite people. Hydralisk, how you doing tonight? I'm doing great coming at you guys from the greater Vancouver area. I'm so glad to be here tonight. There was like the final end of the day. I almost wasn't going to make it. My boss came with me, came to me at the end of the day saying, we've got a $200,000 order that's going to be going out and we need it shipped by the end of the day. Second I went and looked at it, there were so many big red X's that I saw instantly. And I had to tell them, hey, you're going to have to wait till next week. I've got podcasting to do. So (laughs) I'm going to need you to work on Saturday. Okay. "Mm, Hard pass. (laughs) So, no, I'm so glad that I'm here. Dodge that bullet. I'll deal with that next week. And yeah, just happy to see the both of you guys, and I'm stoked for tonight's show. Absolutely, absolutely. And of course, welcome back, resident lore master, Goliath the Dwarf. How are you doing tonight? Oh, my pleasure to be here, as always, and I am very happy to have a work break myself. It's been quite the week for me working at the newspaper here, coming at you from uh, Cascade, Iowa, and... Uh, this is one of those weeks where like just a lot of stuff goes on at once. We have like the the normal set of stories that we need to have for one paper. Then I also ended up doing uh, two for another one. And then we have two special issues with two stories each that are also like due at the end that I need to get done. Would have been ideally today. Technically, I have until Monday, but uh, man, it's it, it, it's been uh, it's been a bit hectic for me here. But I am very glad to be able to take a rest of that and come and talk about some of my my favorite topics, sharing lore stories with everybody. Let's gather around the hearth and share some tavern tales. Hey, that yes. reminds me. Can we, like, just a moment of, of appreciation here. Uh, months ago, you predicted accurately this this mini set uh, and then reiterated your prediction several weeks back, uh, well before the announcement time, and you nailed it spot on. Uh, and so just a giant shout out to you. Uh, excellent prediction. You put together all the clues and, uh, yeah, I just, it was incredible. So, so a job well done. And you big have shout no out idea how big of a catharsis it was for me <laughs> when the thing came out and I was like, yes, I was right. I am a prophet. <laughs> I am Goliath the now. prophet. <laughs> yeah, would you change your title from lore master to prophet? <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, spot on, right on point. That's great. Uh, well, though, for those of you joining us for the first time, 
welcome aboard. If you're here all the time, well, welcome back. Let me briefly explain how this show works for everyone. We record this podcast live every Friday evening at twitch.tv slash born to be wild HS. And the video version of this podcast is then posted to YouTube shortly after. Audio versions are also distributed to all podcast apps. But if you're here tonight and you're watching us live, listening to us live, thank you. Yes, you. Yes. Hey, thank you, everybody, for being here tonight. It's it's really nice. Uh, we appreciate um, interacting with y'all and, and seeing the chat go. And it's, it's a lot of fun um, hanging out with everybody. And so, yeah, before we get into tonight's main topic of the show, uh, say a very quick but important thank you to everyone joining us in person and also to um, Shokunin and the other patrons of our show we we really appreciate your support and uh it, it means the world to us um if you enjoy the content that we make please subscribe and, and comment on the video when it drops on youtube that helps us a lot with uh the the algorithms to help other people find us and then one other quick way that you can help support the show is to leave a, a review on itunes spotify google podcast or whatever uh, podcast app of choice as that also it just helps other people find the show um if you are watching live on Twitch, uh, we do have some emotes that you can unlock by subscribing to the channel. Uh, you can do that for free if you've got Amazon Prime, and, and uh, if not, no big deal at all. We've um, been working with our artist, Christina, and you can see there's there's new artwork up on the screen here for those of you that are uh, joining us live or, or watching on YouTube, uh, that she made of our, of our mascot, Nas, in uh, true Alterac form here, which is awesome. And then we'll be working with her on some new emotes as well. Uh, didn't realize that we had unlocked a whole mess of them now that uh, are available. So really excited to to be working on that. A uh, couple uh, last uh, housekeeping matters. Um, if you are interested in supporting the show financially, we do have a Patreon that you can contribute to for as little as a dollar a month. Um, and then finally, if you're interested in interacting with any of us personally, I mean, of course, aside from the, the chat here on Twitch, um, we do have a Discord channel for those of you not familiar. Um, it's basically, a, you know, an, an online community um, type program. We've made some some great uh, friends from all across the whole world. And we we laugh and joke. We share deck lists and, and memes and, and have a great time. It's very positive and, and very little drama. And so that's always a fun place. If you're looking for links to those things, they can be found at our website, which is born to be wild hs.com and, uh, you know, links to, to all that stuff there. Uh, okay, so housekeeping aside, let us jump into quickly um, the news and then uh, into our main topic. So Hydra, yeah, what uh, what do we got? for us um, in store for tonight well basically for our news this week we have the mini set it has now dropped there's some other cosmetics and mercs and whatnot that are now in the store if you want to pick those things up but yeah our biggest thing that actually can possibly affect wild is the fact that the mini set is now available if you haven't grabbed it yet you can use your hard-earned gold or hard-earned dollars to purchase this i have not pulled the trigger on the golden version of this because to me up here in in canada it was 87.99 to purchase if you wanted these cards in gold Oof. and that i mean i've i've bought some things from the store before that's an understatement but for a mini set to pay $87.99 seemed a little steep, so I've I've held off for the time being. I just got the regular the regular version. Um, you could get a full AAA game for that much. I I that is exactly what I thought, Goliath. I had recently purchased 
Elden Ring, and I actually did it for free because I got a gift card for my work. But I was thinking that that is a triple A title price, right? So I couldn't exactly justify it myself. But uh, how about you guys? Have you grabbed the, these new cards yet? Have you had a chance to play any of them? Uh, yes, I bought I bought it in gold, but like. Man, they really get you in the wallet because it wasn't like, you know, this thing came out and then, oh, by the way, uh, there's a bundle with some new cosmetics. Oh, by the way, there's um, mm. there's some new Battleground stuff. Oh, by the way, there's new Mercs. And it's like, oh, my gosh, you, can you like trickle it out instead of dumping it all at once would be nice. I mean, I, I love having the content, though, that being said. I actually think, you know, while I love the idea of, of the uh, mini set being available in all gold, you know, if if the cards are not played in wild like typically i'll craft gold cards if i know that they're you know playable in 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 meta decks or something that i really want but like blinging out a whole bunch of stuff that like may not see any play at all you know maybe maybe it's questionable um i mean i like that there's the option so you know uh it is this cool i've been you know super busy uh at work this week it's felt like two weeks jammed into one which i, I know i keep saying that uh every week but it's that's kind of where we're at right now i played a little bit with it though um the new kazaka's dragon is is kind of fun and and i played with a couple of the other cards but um hopefully i'll get some time to to jam a whole bunch of games this weekend and maybe have a, a better feel for it uh for next week's show goliath have you uh got this or, or played with any of it yet i uh i did the exact opposite of uh, rather than buying the golden cards i bought the set with gold uh, hey, uh, that's smart move the, the very economical yeah. <laughs> but, uh, like I, I i have like strict budget that but i i made a new year's resolution to like be very careful and keep track of things with budget and set limits for myself and entertainment categories and all that stuff so no what i uh what I do is I, I saved up for a while and thankfully, you know, hitting the, the let the tail end of the rewards track and then the 50 afterwards really helped me with that. Mm -hmm. um, so I was able to get them all uh, day one as soon as it was available. I haven't found very many, you know, particular uh, uses for a lot of them, but... I've also been spoiled with so many deck lists in the Born to Be Wild Discord that I've almost kind of forgotten how to build some myself. <laughs> uh, but I have had one fun thing that I came up with where uh, for the Kazukan deck, uh, I came up with the idea of using him and Lady Prestor in one, so, and uh, with uh, Polkelt. So I put Polkelt in there, and I don't have any cards higher cost than those two. So I draw them out, then I play Lady Prestor, she turns every minion into a dragon, so I can get all the dual stuff without having to limit the actual deck that I built to all the minions being dragons. That's about the extent of what I've done so far. But no, I, I, I am so much that I don't want to spend uh money on the cosmetics of an hearthstone as much as i absolutely love the way that it looks that i recently have gone back to my old strategy of now, now that i'm resubscribing to world of warcraft right now of uh grinding out enough gold in the game where i can buy the uh tokens that other people buy and sell on the auction house in the game that you can either redeem for game time or for uh like 15 bucks on the blizzard shop so what, by grinding enough gold in World of Warcraft, I can translate into real money to buy things in Hearthstone if I have enough left over. Nice. So, 
may I ask a question about your subscription? Um, did are you going month to month or did you did you buy a chunk? I go month to. I bought one month with the idea that then I keep on getting the tokens that can keep paying for every other month, and if I'm good oh, enough. Okay then I get more to a surplus tokens that I can put in for that I can spend on Hearthstone stuff. That's that legitimately sense. how I bought uh, Cobalt and Catacombs pre-order one time. That wow. totally makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I was asking because I didn't understand when I was gifted a whole bunch of stuff to my account because I have uh, one of those, like I, I have a subscription, but it's like I pay every six months for World of Warcraft. And it, when it, they dumped all this free Hearthstone stuff on me, like out of the blue, all these packs, uh, the reward track benefits, like all this stuff onto all my accounts. And I had no idea where it came from. <laughs> and I was like, where's all this free stuff coming from? But it was so much. It Like if you play WoW and continue to play WoW, the, the six month subscription is really cool because you get a lot of Hearthstone stuff. Yeah, they they especially put those deals in during times where there's not a lot going on in the game and people need a little more incentive to make mm. a long-term investment in a lot of game time. Probably, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, some people consider it uh, great stuff. Others consider it real sketchy business material that, oh, you're trying to trick us into playing a game we don't really want to play. But, you know, <laughs> regardless... It's uh, if you enjoy uh, the stuff in both games like I do, then it's 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 a pretty good deal. I just sure. am trying to do the ultimate saving money strategy. Yeah, yeah. no, no, that's that's smart. Uh, hey, before we jump into the the lore section tonight, we do have one other piece of news that I, I do want to share. Uh, our good friend Blue Train has uh, started this. Um, well, movement, if you want to call it, uh, hosting the Wild Hearthstone People's Choice Awards uh, yeah. of 2021. And so um, I'll put the link in chat here. We'll have the link to a, a brief video and the link to the voting in our show notes as well. Uh, but the idea here is is looking back uh, at, at content creators over the years, uh, over this past year, and kind of uh, appreciating. And uh, Blue Train has got a whole list of, of different categories here for wild streamers and content creators and personalities and and uh, deck innovators and and the like. And um, I, it, it's really exciting. I mean, I love the idea of celebrating, giving back to the community. Um, so for those of you watching live or, or listening later, if you can take a minute to check out this, this link here, uh, vote. There's, I don't know, maybe a dozen questions or so it takes maybe a minute to to fill out i have to say um we we were honored to be nominated uh for a category as as our podcast and i i think i'm on there uh, as well as well in a different category and so um not that you have to vote for us but like hey it'd be nice um there's a there's a link uh blue train posted link uh to the tweet in chat i posted a, a link to the google form right there if you want to jump to it and fill it out um it's uh, again very quick but it's it's awesome and we'll be working together uh to um, share the results of, of the awards uh live here on twitch um in a couple of weeks so i believe the plan is for march the 4th uh two weeks from today to uh host this year on born to be wild and we can um, announce the winners blue train will join us and and it'll be a lot of fun it should be um an absolute blast so uh yeah, if you take a minute and, and check it out, that'd be awesome. And and again, it's just the idea of community in general is very near and dear to our hearts on, on the show. And so um, 
absolutely love the idea. So, um, you know, big shout out to Blue Train for putting this together. I love the idea. And um, yeah, if, if everyone can take a minute and submit a vote, that'd be awesome as well. So, yeah, thank you all much. And uh, that that is it for for our news. And we jump into the main section of tonight's show. Uh, we are going to be talking about some lore tonight, in particular, um, the Black Dragon Flight. So we're looking at uh, this mini set and we're talking about, um, you know, they've patterned it after uh, like a, a raid of Anixia's Lair. And I know we had touched on some of that previously when... Um, you know, we, we talked about Stormwind and, and Alterac and, um, and, uh, and stuff, but now that we've got these other dragons, like there's a whole family here and, uh, some really interesting story going on. So I'm really excited to, to hear about it tonight. Uh, the, the bulk of what we'll be talking about are these dragons. Although I think there's, there's one card in particular that we want to hit first because there's some lore there that is kind of unlike the rest of it. So, uh, that's correct. You know, enough for me though. Let me, let me pass it over to Goliath and we can uh, <laughs> All right. jump right in here. Yeah. So before we get into our main topic, talking about the black dragons, want to, uh, get a little unrelated quick lore out of the way, uh, just to talk about, uh, what the heck Anaru is, uh, because this has been sort of the MacGuffin of the entire year-long <laughs> story, uh, and now it's, like, f fully formed, and it's coming ahead. If you play the solo content, then, like, we got the Naru fully, fully assembled, it's not the shards anymore, and uh, figured it's probably a good idea to just give a little explanation as to what's going on with this thing and why the why the villains want it in the first place. So Anaru is like a cosmic celestial being of pure light, and we're not talking just like you know physical light, like like it's a big flashlight in the sky. We're talking the light, the uh, magical holy life-giving power that is one of the core uh, forces, cosmic forces in the universe of World Warcraft and Hearthstone. Okay. Um, so they sort of, uh, I think we we may have briefly touched on the creation story on uh, Way Back When episode, probably referring to the old gods. But uh, uh, to recap, basically what happens is that you know way back before time had a name and all of that stuff there was uh the light and then areas where the light just kind of uh was lacking where it was flowed like a river and places where it kind of didn't flow the void formed which was the the embodiments of emptiness and devouring hunger and the two polar opposite forces kind of mixed and clashed and had like a big bang type of explosion and that created the universe essentially part of that result of that explosion was that shards pure shards of the light got thrown out into the physical universe and uh, became the Naru. Uh, the thing is that uh, Naru are, in a sense, kind of like stars in that it's possible for them to burn out of their holy energy. Uh, when they do uh, are burned out of this, then they have the danger of falling and becoming a void Naru, the exact opposite of what they were before, because the embodiment of emptiness. So what's going on in the uh, story here for uh, our particular year of the Griffin is that uh, there was a Naru that uh, kind of like fell down over Azeroth 
like uh, like a meteor shower mm-hmm. and broke into several pieces. The sh- um, shards, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then all of the uh, various characters want them for purposes, either because you know they're pure mercenaries who want them for the uh, profits, or it'll support their faction, or of course, Gazakus and Prestor have been manipulating this the strings. Uh, like the puppet masters they are and uh, just arranging for it all to be brought to them uh, so that they can take the Naru, which is, you know, by nature a being a pure benevolent light and turning it into a powerful void weapon, a being more of emptiness and evil that they can use to gain power for themselves. So that I figured that would be good to just have a little explanation of what's going on with all of this before we launch into the meat of who the heck these black dragons even are. Very cool. Very cool. I was always surprised when we talk about, you know, Naru and stuff and, and, and some of the other, um, Oh gosh, the, uh, the different races like prophet Valley. And we were talking, you know, when I think of like goblins and gnomes and, and orcs and elves, and then we talk about like space beings in, in, and like, <laughs> you know, light crystals and stuff. It's like, whoa, we were talking something completely different here, but... Uh... Yeah, that's that's the thing that makes uh, the lore of Azeroth and uh, the surrounding cosmos very unique, because it's something that, like, it both has a serious lore, uh, like a compelling story, but it also doesn't take itself seriously at all. It's very much aware that it's a game first, and will throw in whatever story elements from any genre or historical myth or literature or anything like that that it thinks will be cool so that's how you also have you know an entire continent of panda people uh that (laughs) it's in right along with goblins gnomes uh typical medieval knights uh beings from outer space like yeah, they somehow managed to get it to all fit together. That's what makes this world unique, which also is what in turn makes it really fun. Uh, Love it. Yeah, and and odds are that at some point we'll probably get a, a bit more Draenei-focused Hearthstone set since they seem to kind of like taking turns giving different races spotlight. Obviously, we had Goblins and Gnomes as one of the first one. Uh, we had... The uh, Witchwood, which highlighted Worgen a bit more. Uh, we've had the uh, Rastakhan's Rumble, which was all about the trolls. Stormwind mm-hmm. about the human capital city. So, like, I'm not making a bold prediction that this is going to be a next year's thing. But just since they have a tendency to do this right now, um, I think that it's pretty inevitable that at some point we'll probably get a more Draenei-focused one. Just because they seem to like doing that. Yeah. Um but and so whenever that happens, or if before we do a thing talking about you and I, we can get a lot more into the Daru. I gave you the the very simple explanation here, but awesome. uh, yeah, the Drenai have a strong connection with them, very, as Zarella cool. is uh, is evidence of. Yeah, absolutely, and and it'd be super fun at some point to get more into that. And and there's a just a, a wealth of 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 lore and fun characters and stuff that we could explore. But uh, tonight we're going to be talking about the Black Dragons. So um, where where do we start here? Well, uh, we start. Um, well, the story ultimately begins with uh, the leader of all the Black Dragons. You know him, you love him, maybe. I don't know how often you play his cards, uh, Deathwing. Um, 
who has one of the records for most uh, most incarnations as a legendary card at this point. So let's see, we had his original one. Uh, we had the Deathwing Dragonlord from the Old Gods. Uh, we have his uh, Aspect of Madness that came out with Rise of Galakrond. And then we had his uh, core set one. So that, that's four different Deathwings wow. that now exist. Plus a hero portrait. <laughs> and hero yes. portrait. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a lot yes. of Deathwings. So, uh, Deathwing's story, and thus the story of all black dragons, actually begins with Galakrond. Uh, actually, the story of all of the dragon aspects begins with uh, Galakrond, because uh, how the dragon flights and dragon aspects came to be in the first place was they were initially a small, primitive uh, being of like somewhat sentient uh, creatures called Protodrakes, who had actually kind of evolved from elementals that had found their way into the material plane and sort of became half-elemental, half-stony uh, flesh type of beings through, like, weird magical evolution. Um, so they were kind of like uh, semi-intelligent animals that kind of, you know, talk in broken talk because they not necessarily smartest or most culture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no, like there's literally the, uh, a, a book, books that are uh, written about this, like uh, Dawn of the Aspects or something like that, I think. And that that's the way that, uh, that they talk at times. So what happened was that uh, Galakrod was this uh, big proto-drake that ended up uh, somehow gaining uh, necromantic magic because he was just really hungry and kept on eating everything, including corpses. And somehow constantly consuming corpses gave him the ability to raise corpses and mutated him. And don't ask me how all of that works because they didn't go into very much detail explaining it. I'm sure they will at some point uh, because they, they love to retcon how things happened lots of the time. But uh, essentially, he became this huge apex predator that was a threat to all living things. And so uh, there were five of these uh, proto-drakes that uh, banded together under the... Uh, uh, guidance and leadership of a uh, titan forge named Tyr. They're sort of like uh, guardians of the created world by the titans who helped uh, seed life on Azeroth. And uh, so basically they managed to take down Galakrond and uh, that's why, you know, he's dead and why they're trying to raise him in uh, uh, the League of Evil in that set. But... Uh, as a reward for being uh, so brave and helping to defend Azeroth from such a great evil, the Titans blessed these uh, five proto-drakes uh, with powerful magics and made them guardians of the world. And uh, that they were each given different abilities. We have Alex Straza, the Lifebinder, who was the leader of the Red Dragonflight and was given uh, some powers over life and death. As, as a guardian of life. Uh, you had a Malagos of the Blue Dragonflight, who was given stewardship over the arcane magic of Azeroth and making sure it was never misused. You have Nazdormu, the Bronze Dragonflight, uh, who is the guardian of the true timeline and making sure that no one meddles with history. Uh, you have Ysera, 
who is the aspect of the green dragonfly, who has a strong connection to Druidism and the Emerald Dream and the flow of nature. And then Neltharion, who was given the stewardship of the earth, of the power of the world itself, and a guardian of it. And that's Deathwing's original name, Neltharion. Oh. Not to be confused with Neltharion, they sound very similar. It's, this has an L in it, Neltharion uh, was his original name. And he was actually very loyal, very wise and respected, and a true guardian of the world. Little problem is that because he had such a strong magical connection to the uh, earth, the ground of Azeroth itself, that was also where the old gods had been imprisoned. Mm. And so they had like a direct pipeline to him. And over the centuries, they drove him mad, corrupting him and his entire flight. Because the way a dragonflight works is you have the aspect who is in charge of it, and then you have their the few different consorts who mate with them, and then basically and if every other person uh, or dragon in a dragonflight is either the consort or the child of the original aspect. And so uh, it affected him with the corruption and all of the other black dragons. They became incredibly uh, corrupt. I'd like to read a little uh, description for you describing their culture from an old uh, WoW post. It said that, um, let's see. These creatures are immensely powerful and cruel and revel in mortal suffering. The black dragons are the enemies of every other dragonfly, especially the red dragons. Because the red dragons are about supporting and sustaining all of mortal life. Um... So yeah, what what ultimately happened, because the all of the other dragons didn't know that the black dragons were slowly turning evil, uh, was that when the War of the Ancients came along, the first time that the demons of the Burning Legion tried to invade Azeroth, a Neltharion tricked all of the other dragons into creating a weapon that you guys know is a Hearthstone card from Cobalt and Catacombs, the Dragon Soul. Uh, yeah. It was his idea, and he got them to each pour some of their own power, their own essence, into it as a way of fighting against the demons. And they all respected him. He hadn't done anything uh, to indicate that he was going mad. So they like, yeah, that's a great idea. You're wise. I'm sure that this is all part of, you know, a, a, a plan that'll work out for everyone in the long run. Uh, and the, he did use it against the demons. And then he turned it right back on all the other dragons because he was ultimately <laughs> crazy and <laughs> devastated several of their numbers. The blue dragonflight in particular was taken out by uh, quite, quite a bit. And Malagos had been like best buds with Natharian. So this betrayal really cut him deep in particular. Um, and then somehow yeah. Anduin ends up with Dragon Soul. <laughs> no, nope, it has nothing to do with Anduin. They decided to throw it into the priest class for no real discernible reason, honestly. I'll explain in a little bit why it would have made more sense as a warlock weapon. Um I have but, I have yeah. I have two quick questions if if I can. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, okay, so so number one when uh, when or or how does the name change come about i mean i'm joking here in chat that naltharion isn't metal enough you call me deathwing instead but like how how does this 
you know, this shift, that's question number one. And, and then again, I don't know where this fits in, but like all of the pictures that I see, one of the most distinguishing features of Deathwing is this metal jaw um, that that it looks like it's, uh, you know, metal and like hinged on and this big giant thing. Uh, and so I assume that, you know, that wasn't always there. I imagine at some point oh, yeah. when, he, when he kind of turned evil that uh, that this was an add on. But um, is there uh, something to 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 those that don't involve, uh, you know, a two hour story? <laughs> oh, absolutely. No, actually, actually, that fits right into where uh, this exact part of the story is the right time to ask those questions, hey. because Deathwing yeah. is just what they all started calling him after he betrayed them. So it's like he didn't even necessarily choose that name for himself as far as I'm aware. It was uh, just how like they it was like the, their name of condemnation that like you were once a guardian, but now all you bring is death. Uh, and as far as the metal stuff, uh, that's because the power of the old gods had filled him so completely that it was actually tearing his body apart and so all of that metal is literally like really strong i can't remember what particular fantasy metal name it has at the moment um uh, it's like literally bolted onto him to hold his body together to wow. keep it from tearing itself apart from ultimate power if we're like you know dark cities type of things <laughs> uh Okay. But yeah, yeah. It actually, it's rather similar in the way to in uh, Revenge of the Sith, where Sidious's Force Lightning gets reflect back at him, and he becomes deformed and gets his Emperor look. It's mm -hmm. kind of like that with Deathwing. The whole evil power deforms your body. Gotcha. Okay. Oh, that makes sense. All right. Well, very cool. Um, all right. And so Deathwing is the 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 aspect or the leader of these uh, black dragons, and and so you're mentioning there's kind of a you know, a, a consort and then, and then different children. And so we're going to kind of hit on some of those. Um, and it looks like a, a few of those are, are Hearthstone cards and mercenaries. And then there's, you know, a couple other things that are, that are not in Hearthstone quite yet, but I guess we'll see. Uh, so it looks like next up is, um, Sinestra, if I'm pronouncing that right? That is correct, yes. So Sinestra was the prime consort of Deathwing. Uh, so she is the mother of, uh, I think pretty much all, definitely the mother of Anixia and Nefarian, who we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, not the mother of all black dragons, because, you know, they're, he, had a, he had a few consorts, but she was the main one. She was sort of like as far as black dragons would have a queen or Deathwing had a main wife or something, that that would be her. Uh, okay. Actually, shortly after uh, his body erupted, he attempted to mate with his consorts, and it really hurt them because he has, like, searing lava coming out, and so oh, Sinestra no. has, like, everlasting burning scars Ooh. that have tormented her for her entire life uh, because of that. Uh, lava and metal for parts of your body. Yeah, yeah sounds, not, not the great. greatest when attempting to procreate. Hey, give me uh, a big hug! <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, that's sure that's better or worse than a leper gnome, honestly. <laughs> They're gross. Um, but yeah, no, so 
basically, uh, she actually is responsible for kind of going a little mad scientist. And uh, she's not the only dragon. We're, we're going to touch on another one who went even more so this way. But uh, an interesting uh, thing that happened was that um, Deathwing actually once took a trip to Outland. Uh, you know, from, from Ashes of Outland, you got uh, Illidan and the Draenei and just like so many things going on there. Uh, Deathwing actually spent a little time there because it got to the point where there weren't very many black dragons left. Most of his consorts were dead. Uh, most of the black dragons were dead, either from the War of the Ancients or being hunted down by all the vengeful dragon aspects and the other flights were like, yeah, no, this this is not good. We got to get rid of these guys because, you know, they're evil. Um, and so they had a little problem trying to figure out how to regrow the full power of the black dragon flight. Uh, one of Deathwing's uh, plans was during the second war between the Horde and Alliance, uh, this was uh, before Outland got shattered into Outland, it was still Draenor at the time, the homeworld of the Orcs, um, there was uh, there, there was some uh, pre-existing relationships that Deathwing had had with the Horde, actually, because uh, as an agent of the Old Gods, he uh, appreciated the chaos and strife that they were causing. He actually got uh, the Dragonmaw clan of Orcs, to use the a dragon soul, because it had been enchanted so that he couldn't use it, uh, so he couldn't do this himself, but he got the Dragonmaw clan to enslave Alexstrasza and force the red dragons to serve the Horde for a while against the Alliance. And uh, th actually, the um, that's why I think that the dragon soul would have been appropriate as a warlock weapon, because it was used by a dragon mob war orc warlock named uh, like Nezro Skullbreaker or something, if I remember correctly. And uh, it, it, he infused it with fell magics, and it became known as the demon soul before it was eventually destroyed using one of Deathwing's scales, which is the only thing powerful enough to destroy it or something, I think. Um... But at any rate, so Deathwing and the Horde had, you know, so, some pre-existing negotiations. He agreed that he would uh, help them uh, find some special artifacts that allowed them to make portals to other worlds if they would allow him to bring his flight's dragon eggs into Outland so he could hide them from all the other dragon aspects. Oh. Uh, because that's the thing. He, he has to keep all this hush-hush. Otherwise, they'll hunt down and destroy it, everything. He's powerful, but uh, it's still one against four there. And so that's, he, he brought several of the dragon eggs in. And uh, this is actually where uh, Gruul, uh, the dragon slayer, comes into play. Because oh. uh, he was... Not the greatest fan of the black dragons muscling on on his turf, and so the uh, a bunch of Al alliance adventurers who had pursued the horde over across the dark portal into Draenor, uh, allied with him that he helped uh, to s destroy many of the eggs and many of the black dragons who had come in, and that really ticked Deathwing off. Um, but Gruul was able to hold his own pretty well. <laughs> but when when uh, there was the whole portal eruption uh, business that we talked about back when we covered Outland that uh, ended up shattering the world. Uh, Deathwing saw it was happening, 
and he noped the heck out of there. He just like, nope, I'll abandon all of the other black dragons here. It's 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 every dragon for himself. And he managed to get through the portal before it was uh, all destroyed and shattered into Outland. Uh, but that was an interesting, those eggs that were left were exposed to the energies of the Twisting Nether in Outland and became an entire new dragon flight called uh, the Netherwing Flight. Actually, the uh, that dragon oh. that's in the Demon Hunter, mm-hmm. that's where he comes from. So how's this all tie back into Sinestra? Well, she wanted to get a hold of some of these eggs. Uh, she did some experiments where she tried to merge the energies of a Twilight Dragon, who, by the way, is the Warlock Dragon card from Descent of Dragons. Uh, let's see if I, I need to recheck his name there. Because, um, let's face it, some of these are difficult to pronounce and not the easiest to remember. Uh, let's see. Ah, yes, it's Zazerku. Z-Z-E-R-A-K-U. Zazerku. I guess that's how you pronounce it. I've never <laughs> had a word that had two Zs in a row before. Um, mm, yeah. But anyway, so yeah, that that's another card that comes into play. Um... And so she tried to merge his energies from the the twisting nether, uh, the nether flight dragons, with the stolen eggs of other dragon flights in order to create a new type of dragon that could help to supplement the fact that they were having trouble making more black dragons because, like, most of the uh, people who, the dragons that could mate with each other were gone. Uh, So they were actually successful in that. Uh, creating what's known as the Twilight Dragons. And we have a decent amount of cards with those in it as well, uh, given at least all the way back to heck, back to the beginning with Twilight Drake. You know, you, right, you play right. and it gains the, uh, the health equal to the amount of cards in your hand. Uh, so she is so, all pretty much solely responsible for creating all of those cards that have Twilight Dragon or Twilight Drake in them. Uh, yeah, there's Twilight Guardian. There's a whole bunch of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, eventually, she was taken down, as pretty much all of these dragons are. Uh, if you are a massive evil force on Azeroth, and it's inevitable, you'll be turned into a, a dungeon or raid boss, and uh, your chances are pretty slim. Maybe there'll be a story exception for you that you'll canonically survive, but uh, odds are that if you're a raid boss, that's the end of the line. Uh, because you can't stand against the player characters. Uh, and so, yeah, that is uh, essentially Sinestra's story. She eventually kind of got, uh, you know, uh, reanimated by the uh, Twilight's Hammer cultist uh, during the Cataclysm, because they, they were all in the revitalizing the Twilight Dragon Project to set help for themselves. Uh, but, like, you know, she didn't really... She, she, she's just a tool at that point, more than a character. That That's kind of where her story ends. And now we can move on to the, uh... A, a pair of naughty siblings, let's say. Uh, first we've got Nefarian, who is his dad's name without an L. 
uh, <laughs> right. And uh, oh, I'm sorry. Before guy. before you yeah. get too far, and can I ask you one question? Because I sure. we, we see it here in the in the artwork for these, um, and and I know there's some some lore here. Uh, when we talk about the aspects, and I assume it's just a magic thing, but like they're dragons, but then they have this like human appearance. And then one of the mm-hmm. cards that we talk about later is a dragon with a different kind of appearance. And so I I assume the idea is that because they're powerful and they've got magic, then they can shape change and they take the form that they want. But like I'm sitting here looking at um, you know, uh, Victor and Nefarious and, and Lady Prestor and, and Deathwing, and they've got these human-looking forms, but uh, how does that work? Yes, that's exactly the case, that they are... Uh, they have powerful magic and they can take on pretty much any sort of humanoid guys they want any of the uh mortal races of azeroth and they have various reasons now for most of the dragon flights it is uh for the purpose of either being able to kind of secretly work among the mortals uh for you know uh good purposes maybe observing them or kind of a bit of a reconnaissance type of thing just seeing how are they behaving themselves uh others are very much they, they fully reveal their dragon identities but they do it to make interacting and integrating into mortal societies a lot easier because mm-hmm. you know you're, you're going to feel more free to act with another human or an elf or something than with, uh, you know, a massive dragon that, you know, you have to crane your neck to look up at. <laughs> Actually, one of my favorites, uh, Chromie, is a uh, bronze dragon who takes on the form of this adorable gnome with a real bubbly personality, and she is just the cutest and the best, and I love her, but Easter forgets sometimes that she she's a full-on dragon. She just... You know, doesn't uh, she doesn't reveal that form very often because she she likes interacting with people as as a gnome. Um, they probably also the, couldn't they couldn't fit into the tavern, you know, to come in <laughs> to the exactly. inn. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Like I said, like, just integrating with society in that way. You know? <laughs> well, and and we've talked about it in the past, and I imagine we we may hit on it a little bit tonight. But when we talk about Onyxia and Lady Prestor, like part of her mission was to infiltrate. And and right. uh, and how can you do that in the form of a giant dragon where you can in the in the guise of a human? So exactly. So for for the black dragons, they had far more. Well, I want to say nefarious, but that sounds very redundant. <laughs> but he literally chose the name of Lord Victor Nefarious. Like okay, but but they were nefarious reasons. Uh, well, for we the see them. They do this all the human politics. Yeah, we see them do this all the time, though, where they take the 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 names uh, so literally. Where I mean, I yes. remember in the past talking about um, the the black hands, and it's what is it, rend and tear or whatever it is, or rend and name, name brothers. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And so you know, when I have somebody named um, Nefarian, uh, it's like, hmm, nefarious. That makes sense. And uh, yeah. That they must have taken their inspiration from uh, Sith names when you have all sorts of characters. Like, I mean, the name Darth Vader is literally based on the name Stark Invader. Uh, you got, uh, if you go deeper into Star Wars lore, you got uh, Sith who are literally named things like Darth Ravage, Darth Ruin. It was like, wow, going real <laughs> subtle here, guys. Well, Darth yeah, Sidious, the Emperor, is literally insidious. It was like, maul! He mauls people. Like, so so here we have uh, 
Darth Nefarious. <laughs> These would fit in very well as Sith, honestly, if we were to make crossover fan fiction between WoW and Star Wars. And I wouldn't be surprised if someone somewhere has already done that. Uh, but at any rate, yes. Yeah, so while Deathwing was off on his little Outland excursion uh, with his uh, rather not turned out his planned uh, attempt to repopulate the dragons and Outlands, he left his uh, two children, uh, Nefarian and Onyxia, to kind of hold down the fort in Azeroth and see what they could do uh, on their end to help strengthen the forces. Um, Nefarian allied with uh, some remnants of the Horde, which, since you, you brought up uh, Rend Blackhand, uh, that, there's a reason that he is in the Blackrock Mountain set and has that effect where if you're holding a dragon, you destroy a legendary minion, which is something that I thought was really OP when I first started playing, but I've never seen used at all. Uh... <laughs> But uh, at any rate, so yeah, uh, you got some members of the Horde, some orcs that considered themselves the true Horde and everything, who were in Blackrock Spire and uh, worked uh, with the Black Dragons. And uh, Nefarian's whole thing was he was even more mad scientist than his mother was regarding the Twilight Dragons, because uh, he wanted to attempt to create a new super dragon called the chromatic dragon flight that would include all of the strengths from every other type of dragon um and most most of his experience were uh, abysmal failures uh they were they would die way too quickly they were unstable uh, like you know, maybe like rapidly aging or just falling apart and it's like very few of things that he created were like the effective dragon powerful ultimate soldiers he wanted doesn't mean they didn't end up being like dangerous like zombie-like mutants that could still be a great threat uh, for people who might go on a raid in that area, but uh, they 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 weren't quite what he was going for. Um, but uh, while he was busy with all of that stuff, he also uh, you know took on this uh, this mortal guys and Deathwing had done the same. Deathwing had uh, much earlier taken on the guys of uh, noble named. Uh, Lord uh, Davis Prestor, um, who, uh, yeah, we, we mentioned this a little bit back in the Stormwind episode, uh, who played a role in helping to make sure that uh, Stormwind didn't receive aid from other human kingdoms oh, yeah, uh, back when right. it was being invaded by the Horde. It's like, uh, those are just peasant rebellions, I know, but they're just blowing it all out of proportion. Uh, <laughs> he was very good at uh, playing human politics, and uh, so... Yeah, he, he did a lot of uh, manipulation there, but uh, so his daughter, Onyxia, decided to just kind of take on the press store name uh, regarding her human guys, because no one had found out that uh, he was Deathwing. In fact, here's a fun fact. He was actually, as a human, working to arrange to marry the sister of Arthas Menethel, who would later become the Lich King. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, then uh, Lord Prestor just kind of disappeared, which was because Deathwing got called elsewhere uh, with, uh, you know, Black Dragon stuff. And so it was just, 
up. Oh, guess this marriage isn't happening after all. But uh, no, that that was almost the thing. And um, while uh, so th th that's their thing, they really like taking on these human guises. Um, Nefarian's uh, ultimate attempt at a creation was uh, a chromatic dragon that uh, was actually so powerful. And this happened in a book called Twilight of the Aspects that uh, it was brought to life like with a full-on magical lightning beam like in a Frankenstein movie or something <laughs> by the uh, Twilight cultists. Uh, and it's so powerful that it has like, it's a, it looks like a Hydra, honestly, um, <laughs> <laughs> where it has like a head of each of the uh, chromatic flights called like Cromulus. And it's so powerful that it can't actually be killed, just like put into sleep and locked in a stasis. So it actually has the potential to come back as a future boss if bad guys were to attempt to break it out and we reawaken it or something so it's uh there, there's at least one of nefarian's experience experiments that could end up being a lasting threat that far outlives him because uh, well because yeah like i said once you become a raid boss you're essentially toast and that's what happened to him when mm. uh black rock's fire ended up becoming a raid which is part of what's reflected uh, in the Black Rock Mountain Hearthstone adventure. Very cool. Uh, okay, so moving on then, the next up is Anixia. And I know we had hit on some of this before, but I think it would be good to cover, uh, you know, right. a, a little bit we're, of it. We're going so... to go a bit more into what, why she was doing everything that she did in the first place. So... As I said, Black Rock Mountain was uh, the headquarters for the, you know, kind of the, the secret lair of the Black Dragons. And believe it or not, they actually considered humans to be a significant threat. Uh, partially because Stormwind was located relatively close to Black Rock Mountain. And if the armies of the Alliance, or even apparently just of Stormwind, were to discover that the Black Dragons were there, well, that would pose a significant threat to the few Black Dragons that are there, and all the vulnerable eggs and whelps and unstable science experiments. And uh, really, it's they were in a lot more delicate and fragile situation than you might think and their fears were appropriately founded given that it can take uh just one party of 20 to 40 players to down one of these powerful dragons so a full army yeah that's uh that makes sense so prestor uh or nixia her whole goal was to play the subtle infiltration game and distract and keep away all of the forces of Stormwind from discovering what her brother was doing in Black Rock Mountain. She deliberately would make sure that uh, forces weren't sent anywhere near there, creating problems in other areas in order to distract and get the armies to go here and there and everywhere except Black Rock Mountain. Uh, but her ultimate goal was to become the leader, the ruler of Stormwind and be able to control everything directly. It was to that end 
that she did her whole trick of uh, literally splitting King Varian into two people uh, with her initial goal being to kill off his strong-willed side and to use his weak-willed side as a puppet that would eventually be disposed of once there had been the legitimate transfer of power in mm. some fashion or whatnot. Don't mm -hmm. know if she wanted to just get him to officially appoint her as something and retire or maybe uh she would like seduce him become the queen and dispose of him and rule that way that's that aspect of the plan isn't really delved into but it was a major step that she was going to assume direct control over the human kingdoms and be able to make sure that they were kept away and busy and uh happy and ignorant while the threat of the black dragons would grow that would eventually wipe them all out um but that didn't quite go according to her plan as we already know from talking about stormwind varian's strong-willed side survived ended up befriending uh, people like valera and uh, went through a series of adventures where they ended up uh discovering who he really was and reclaiming his true identity as the king and here's where there's a little interesting discrepancy uh between the story and the game because story-wise king varian is the one who ultimately went and killed anixia because after uh, there was a confrontation in the throne room after they had uncovered her true identity. Uh, then she, you know, just fully revealed, yes, I am a black dragon, wahahaha, <laughs> and turned out, like, and all, all of the guards around were actually uh, little dragon minions in disguise as well, which is where her card ability comes from. That is suddenly, oh. like, because she says, reveal your true forms. It's like she's telling all the cards in your deck, uh, you were dragons the whole time, now show everybody. <laughs> Cool. Well, and that makes sense why why her her portrait you know you see in the back like the shadow kind of wings where you know maybe yeah. she's revealing her herself as well right. how clever i love it all right i love it that's great so that's the story aspect and uh she kidnapped anduin and took her to onyxia's lair uh and then very the two variants ended up uh, going to rescue Anduin and end up fusing back together and all of that stuff that we talked about beforehand. But that's not the way it works out in the game. In the game, back in, this was, as I said, the first raid in World of Warcraft, which is why, you know, it's being represented as, you know, ra raiding and how we predicted everything would go here. Um, but this was something that the players did. And so there was a little bone of contention that some of the people were like, hey, you can't say Varian did all that. I put in all the work. I'm the one who uncovered that Nixia's true identity. Me and my raiding party went into a Nixia's lair and killed her. So that's uh, it's kind of like the one instance where there's a difference between the official story and the game. In almost every other instance, and that we just say like, oh, and a band of adventurers uh, ended up slaying <laughs> this character and that character, yeah. and wow, everybody ends up being killed by a band of adventurers. Uh, but this is like the the one instance where that isn't the official story case. Uh -huh. And we'll talk a bit more about the rating aspect uh, when we get into some Easter egg cards at the end. But uh, yeah, Anixia was slain. And um, there were maybe one or two times where there was an attempt to revive her, uh, but those were quickly shut down. You know, more more 
Twilight, Cultist, Old God, Black Dragon, Madness experiments that go about as well as uh, when you're trying to get something for a science fair on uh, on a tight crunch schedule, I suppose. Or Chef Nomi starting grease fires by accident. Yeah, <laughs> yep, yeah, about the same level of success, really. <laughs> well, and one but, thing I, uh, I see here, not to... Divert us too much, but I when I was doing the research, um, once Anixia is dead, uh, there's it looks like they hung her her head at the at the mm -hmm. gates of of Stormwind, and so yes, savage. Uh, before you showed that it was a dragon's head, I was picturing her human form head. Oh, no. <laughs> no, this makes a far better trophy. I know that <laughs> yeah. actually that that's literally a part of the quest. After players uh, kill her, then you loot her head and you take it back and it's mounted up as a warning for those who would dare to attempt to do what well basically all the horrible stuff that she did remember she was also single-handedly responsible for start for uh, funding and arranging the defias brotherhood uh cause and also for killing a variant's wife queen tiffin by arranging the mob that uh, threw her because uh Varian was so strong-willed and his love for his family was so powerful that that made him really difficult to control. So that's why her first thing before she even did the splitting him in two was to get rid of the influential people around him. So arranged for his loving wife to be killed and tried to, you know, get rid of Anduin as well. So that's, uh, yeah, uh, can you blame them for wanting to uh, hoist her head on a spike? Or, <laughs> no, it's too big for a spike, so they went with heavy chains. Hey, there we go. Uh, okay, so there's another uh, sibling here that we yes. saw way back when in, in Hearthstone. Gadget stand, to be precise. Yeah, it's seen very little play over the years, but it, it is now a new mercenary card as well. And so here is the next one. We have Raytheon. Rathion? I don't know how to pronounce yep, it. Yeah, Rathion. Yeah. So I, when I was researching this, and I'm sure you, you know the story, but like uh, I could not find any real pictures of Rathion in dragon form. It's all human form. And so, I mean, and I imagine that has something to do with, with the story. And, uh, but anyways, um, yeah, who tell us about Rathion. Rathion is a very rare exception. He is an uncorrupted black dragon uh, because there's a whole quest that uh, players go on at one point uh, back in uh, the Cataclysm, where they are working with a red dragon who, hilariously enough, has taken on the humanoid form of a goblin, of all creatures. How funny. Uh, yeah. And uh, does a thing where you retrieve a black dragon egg, and the red dragon flight does some experiments on it to try to purify the corruption and re remove the old god influence that drives them mad from the start. And they're successful in that. Rathion, while he appears as, you know, a grown adult human, he is a whelp. He is a baby <laughs> dragon. But because dragons have such high intelligence, even as a technically baby dragon, he is still, you know, fully capable of, you know, lots of wise things. Now, granted, he is quite immature. For quite a bit. Like, he, he practically throws tantrums and everything. Um, but he has taken it on himself to uh, rid the corruption of the Black Dragonflight. Uh, he actually ended up working with uh, 
group of uh, rogue assassins for a while and put out hits and, uh, you know, bounties on Black Dragons and was determined to kill Deathwing, uh, even though it was his own father and everything, because he's like, you know, this... Look, we were initially supposed to be Azeroth's guardians, and look what's become of us. He wants to restore the no the original noble purpose of the Black Dragonflight. He and Anduin actually ended up becoming like really close friends for a while. Um, this was uh, during the uh, Mists of Pandaria scene, and uh, but but he also he messed up quite a bit because, uh, like I said, he's still a kid. Really? Oh well, that's so immature. funny. <laughs> that's why he doesn't show himself. He doesn't want to be the wee whelp. You yes. know what? Though that makes sense because I'm sitting here looking, uh, lo looking for pictures of, of the dragon form, and I finally found one, and it's like this little tiny baby dragon and i was yes. like I, that's him and i was like that can't be right um <laughs> that's hilarious I'll, I'll put it up on the screen in a minute well you can keep talking but it, that's I, so I wanted, funny because i wanted uh, to um ask a question about the art with mm -hmm. rathion here um I've, I've noticed in his human form here we can see him with fire and that makes sense dragons and fire but we also have this red energy that he seems to have coming from his eyes that he can conjure this what is, what exactly is that red energy well uh are you referring to the uh the, the initial hearthstone card i presume not yeah the, uh, mercenary one yeah the hearthstone i uh, believe that is more of a uh set flavor thing i think it's referencing uh because you know he is a dragon in disguise black dragon in disguise it's been revealed that Kazakus is also a black dragon in disguise, clearly, uh, you know, an evil corrupted one and everything, as most of them are. Um, believe the, the implicit story here is that Rathion, within his own guise, remember he says when you play, I must remain hidden to remain free. It's like he doesn't want them to know his true identity. But Kazakus' whole thing is uh, within the Gadgetstan stories, he has this powerful, unstable red mana that creates these effects. So I think yeah. this is kind of uh, depicting Rathion investigating what Kazakus is up to with the red mana, not so much something that is inherent to his character. It's more the implicit uh, Hearthstone art storytelling for the story of this particular set. Okay, but that is yeah. a good question. Yeah, because I, I noticed that yeah, Kazakus has that as well in Kazakus's art too. So I was just wondering if there was right. a... Yeah, that, that's the Hearthstone original aspect there. Cool. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. Yeah. Okay. So here, here it is. This is. I, I saw this. Uh, for those of you listening to the audio, but like, I, I, I saw this when I was looking for the the pictures to post up here, and, and it looks like one of these. You know, all the other whelps do, and it's like, <laughs> like the little cards that like Leroy Jenkins poops out, right? And mm -hmm. and I, uh, like that can't be right. That can't be right. It's, that's <laughs> so funny. He's this little whelp. <laughs> I can imagine, you know, uh, Anixia and, and and Deathwing and all these. Transform into these massive dragon is scary and 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 all this and he transformed you know and he's this little tiny little dragon <laughs> yes <laughs> but he still thinks quite highly of himself honestly he he got to the point of arrogance where he saw a vision of the burning legion invading azeroth again and uh since he he wanted to try to 
uh, manipulates uh, the war between the Horde and Alliance so that one faction would come out on top and so that there would be kind of, he wanted to have a sense, some sort of new world order among the mortal races so that they would not be fighting amongst themselves when the Burning Legion eventually came. That didn't quite work out the way that he had hoped, where there was uh, still the Horde existed and the Alliance existed in sort of a very uneasy peace. Uh, so, what he did, which was not a good idea in the long but uh, he decided to partner with a renegade bronze dragon to free Garrosh from prison after he had committed numerous war crimes, take him back in time to the old orc world of Draenor, and create a new iron horde from orcs of the past that would conquer Azeroth, and then everyone would be united to fight the Legion. Uh, yeah, you, you see, he has some flawed thinking here. That's where we get this confusing... A bunch of time travel stuff that got added to the lore and parallel universes and stuff in an expansion called Warlords of Draenor, um, which we're not going into because that, that would take forever and uh, <laughs> get a headache. But um, the way that it ends is that, ironically, it brings in an alternate universe ghoul dad who actually starts that very Legion invasion that Rathian was trying to prevent, and he in, he unintentionally fulfilled his own prophecy. Uh, <laughs> thankfully, he matured after a few years, actually did some studying, actually did some reflecting, and uh, actually the, the full art image that we have him here, it's not in the cards, is where he's a little bit older, uh, where you see a bit of his younger, well, humanoid version where he doesn't have the uh, the sexy beard and long hair and everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, th this guy had a big glow up. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> uh, and actually, that's what he um, dur during this stage. This was in the Battle for Azeroth expansion, where he goes to uh, Anduin and shares a way that they can help to find and fight the old god Nazoth. Uh, this is something we'll go in more detail when it, we continue our Old God series. Because um, right now we still have three to go on that point. But, uh, yeah, so he, he had a big role to play there. And he's actually, uh, he's grown up as a dragon too. He's a drake in his dragon form there. So, th so there are pictures, if you know where to look, uh, where he is. In fact, even a, a little cinematic from uh, a raid cutscene, I believe, where he briefly is flying around as a dragon for turning back into his humanoid form. And, uh, like, he's still not full-grown dragon, but he's, he's like, teenage dragon at this point. So he's he's a bit more of the big, impressive uh, drake, but he, he's, he has a long ways to go still. And there might be more with him in the future, because he's right now searching for a lost location known as the Dragon Isles, which could hold secrets regarding the history of the dragons and maybe some powerful magic. And who knows what, that he's trying to continue his mission of being able to reinstate a proper earth-warding, world-protecting black dragon flight. Uh, so that's, that's something that is currently his work in progress, as far as the lore is concerned at the moment. Gotcha. Now, there is one other uncorrupted black dragon, who is uh, the last one that we're going to be talking about right now. And I get a big kick out of this guy, because 
Uh, unlike many of the others uh, who take on very human-looking type of races, a gnome, an elf, a human, uh, this guy, um, who I'm going to try to remember how to pronounce. What is it Abyssian or something Abyssian, like that? Abyssian, Abyssian, something like that. I th- it's, it's a play right. on the word ebony because he's a black dragon. I know that, uh, but uh, he... <laughs> takes on the guise of a tauren, uh, specifically a uh, member of the High Mountain Tauren who live in a special area called High Mountain and uh, were blessed by Cenarius uh, during the War of Ancients with a special gift, which is why they have the Moose Antlers. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, that's uh, that's a whole um, uh, Cenarius did a little cosmetic tinkering with him there to show his appreciation for the founder of the High Mountain tribe named Holn High Mountain. Holn High Mountain was a great uh, leader, a great fighter, a great hunter during the War of the Ancients, a close ally of Malfurion and Illidan and Tyrande while they were fighting all the demons. And uh, he also had some run-ins with Deathwing. Because as I mentioned, Deathwing had a whole thing going on with the War of the Ancients as well. That's when he revealed his true nature and turned on them with the Dragon Soul. Um, so what, uh, what Holden Highmountain managed to do was that he got a hold of this special Titan artifact called the Hammer of Karsgaroth, and he managed to find where some black dragon eggs were inside Naltharian's lair. Um, and what he, most of them ended up getting destroyed, but through the power of the hammer, he managed to remove the corruption from one of the eggs. And that is where our, uh, good buddy Abyssian comes from, who, uh, de- vowed to, because, you know, dragons live for really, really long time, if not outright immortal, um, then he took on the guise of an old spirit walker, kind of like a you know a shaman, a spirit guide uh, named Ebonhorn, who would be the guide of all of the leaders of the generations of the high mountains in order to share with them their heritage, because he he is extremely grateful to uh, Holden High Mountain for purifying him and saving him from that life of corruption and madness. And so, uh, eventually, he did, uh, I think he's, he's probably met up with Rathion a couple times at least. Uh, very few people know his true identity as a black dragon. He keeps that very, very low cover, but, um, I really like him. He's, uh... He, largely because he's a lore master type of guy himself, he's, you know, like the, the keeper of the of the tribe's traditions and history and all of that, and so I, I, I feel a spiritual connection with this character. Um, but yeah, I think he, he's not one who currently has a Hearthstone card, but it would be really cool to see him as one at some point, I think. Well, there's some potential, and depending on where they go with the story, like it sounds like there's there's room to grow, and, and like Rathion is a great example of that, where you know maybe there's uh, some potential for the future. And you know, I know they're always working way ahead. One of the things that the devs mentioned uh, on, on Twitter over the past week or so was um, some insight into this mini set and that there were some um, board based strategies and that the idea behind the cards in this set was to um, that maybe they don't look powerful now, but that we are building these with future sets in mind. 
And so I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, this isn't the last that we've seen of, of some of these characters and maybe we'll be seeing some new characters soon. So, yeah, um, it would be great. I, I'd be happy since that they're obviously like doing reprints of other characters in different versions, even sometimes just making uh, silly versions of them, like uh, Jungle Hunter Hemets, you know, back in Angoro. Right. Uh, didn't really need to do that. Just like, okay, sure, why not? Um, but like, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't object to uh, a new Rathian card. Uh, that if they decide mm. to lean into the the dragon stuff a bit more to kind of tie everything together. Well, um, because we saw Rathian recently in in Mercs, that like it, it makes me think that oh hey maybe there's potential here. And, yeah. And if this if and the I character is too, then it would be nice because Rathian didn't really see very much play. <laughs> Yeah. Like, yeah, like none. <laughs> so, you know, it'd be interesting. And, and uh, when, you know, when you see a card that's represented in Mercs, but not in Hearthstone proper, it's always a little bit weird. Um, and, uh, you know, even here in, in this story, it seems like uh, this character is still young, still growing, still evolving. And so maybe there's potential for some more down the line. And again, who yeah, knows? Uh, who knows what they'll do? But I, I love dragons in general. And the idea of... Uh, you know, hey, let's see some more would be really cool. Hey, one thing uh, that maybe I should mention super quick, just as a side note, is uh, when we talk about the idea of the lore and the aspects and how they can shift forms between, um, you know, uh, their dragon form and whatever sort of uh, shape that they want to assume, whether it's it's human or, or tauren or gnome or whatever it is, um, we see that sort of reflected in the Hearthstone cards as well. So like Rathion right here is a good example, right? There's no dragon tag on this card um or or lady prestor right it doesn't say dragon on it right but mm -hmm. but when it's a dragon form it does and so that's interesting i, I like that i think that that's yeah. i, mean, I love just how a... literally rathian's flavor text says why isn't he labeled as a dragon Shh, what are you trying to do give away his identity that's <laughs> that's literally the flavor text of the rathian card it's like yeah i i appreciate they just owned that uh i'm sure it was initially for mechanical purposes and then for some it's either because they were keeping a secret that the character yeah. was dragon or retroactively decided reno. to make them a dragon like well, with reno specifically uh, so. here look at uh, like the the merc card in terms of tribe rathion says human on it and yeah, so, that's a good point. You know, I, I, I feel like it's probably intentional. And I think that they're usually pretty clever when they uh, explore these these little things. And, and maybe, mm -hmm. uh, speaking of clever, maybe this is a, a good segue for our kind of remaining cards here that where there's yes. some, some fun backstory little Easter eggs. And so while these are not major characters, oh, yes. this is this is where the fun starts. And so um, just going to remove Rathion here and and up our first little bit when we're talking about loot in the spirit of um dungeon raid or boss raid uh this 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 is pretty fun there's a couple of new cards and a couple old cards here but uh so i've got raid leader raid negotiator gear grabber and loot hoarder uh yes loot hoarder being probably one of the most um misheard or misunderstood uh 
um, voice lines in in the game. Yeah. Okay, so I I understood what he was saying right away. What did you hear it as? <laughs> okay. Or is it something that's you that's dirty and you can't say? No. Well, air? what it sounds like is mind if I roll weed? W e e d. Like that's what it sounds <laughs> oh. like, right? Mind if you know? And and that's hilarious. Mind if I roll weed? And then and then is somebody who uh, who has not played almost any warcraft like the idea if i'm trying to think of well this is a, a family game or why are they saying that i would never the sentence does not make sense in my brain mind if i roll need roll need what does that mean but but when you start talking about need um, agreed right well but, but, but when you start playing uh you know you're doing these dungeon raids and there's loot drops like I mean, Goliath, you could explain it better than me. But like the first time I heard this, I was like, um, excuse me, what? <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. So essentially, um, like I said, this one of the fun things about the set is that it's not only touched on this, this part of the lore a little bit here. And it's just great to have more dragons back in because we, we, we've been going without some new dragon cards overall for quite a while. We've, we, it's been, been some pretty low drops. Um, but there's so many fun references to either the way that raids work in the game, because this isn't just, you know, an Onyxia set. This is an homage to the raiding, because Onyxia's Lair was almost always the very first raid that people who played at the beginning of the game ever had. It was just a single boss raid. There, there, weren't, there wasn't a whole bunch of others. We were just fighting Onyxia. But it was their first exposure. And as I said before, while we were predicting, this is the way that the uh, story has gone throughout the Gear of Hearthstone, uh, the Year of the Griffin, as we mirror that player experience back from the earliest days of Warcraft. You have your starting zones, your capital cities, your first dungeons like Dead Mines and Wailing Caverns. You have where you level up enough to get some PvP in Alterac Valley. And now you get to the real in-game material of your very first raid with Onyxia's Lair. And so they put in a lot of references to things that have become cultural internet memes because enough years have passed by, especially since it was in the older days of the internet, where when something went viral, it went viral because there wasn't as much competition, you know? Well, Leroy, uh, so Leroy Jenkins is like the classic example, right? If, if exactly. Who, uh, there was a little confusion about this a bit earlier, I saw. Leroy Jenkins... His card summons whelps, but he is not a part of Anixia's Lair. He is part of Upper Blackrock Spire. That is the one where you fight Nefarian, mm. uh, her brother. Uh, so th that's what they were doing in that video. But uh, you know, th this is this is Anixia's Lair right here, and Libra Jenkins has nothing to do with this. However, there's another thing that became a bit of a meme where there was uh, a viral video that went out uh, many years ago that uh, was essentially someone did some animations over a, the recording of a person who was a raid leader, you know, was in charge of getting organizing the raid, getting like 40 people together. It's like raids were even bigger than they are today, way back then. It took. They were even, they were way harder too. Um, it, it was it was real hardcore game stuff back then. They 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 made it easier for 
you know, more casual people like me over the years. Uh, but this guy is just like freaking out on a lot of his, uh, a lot of his people who are making mistakes. And this is where we get a lot of beams, like things that our main leader card says, where he says like, handle it and hit it very hard. Uh, because the things is he says, many whelps handle it. Because Anixia, one of her mechanics is that she summons a bunch of whelps. Which is where we get the mechanics with all the whelp-related things with her legendary card in this uh, in her version in the set. Very cool. And we got the raid negotiator because a lot of the time you you know you got people who are have tense relations here because it's a very high-strung situation, mm -hmm. especially when there's a limited amount of loot uh, and everybody wants it. So you got the negotiator here. You got the loot hoarder, who's the one who just tries to take all of that loot and uh, will roll need on things even if he doesn't actually need them. I uh, hate that person, I'm going to say right now. Mm -hmm. I hate that person. I played a lot back then, and I played Classic, and there were times where you have a very low chance of the weapon or armor dropping that you need and somebody else who's higher level than you or might even have it already or whatever rolls need and like you thanks like thank you you, you, like, you are why would you greater expert on this aspect than i have then if you actually played through this stuff because oh, i yes, didn't play through this aspect it drove me crazy where you run the same instance or raid over and over again and you're looking for that one exact drop and especially if you're going in with a group that you don't really know the people and they all roll they get it they're higher level than you and they're just gonna give it to a buddy or whatever and you're sitting there going i've been running this over and over and over again and you're gonna take what i actually need and like it is extremely frustrating so yep. Well, that's why they gave him an annoying voice and, you, sticking no, off and, everything. <laughs> and then the gear grabber is something rather similar who's just like get grabbing up all the gear that they can they're representing a very similar type of player there who is ironically like almost none of these either the the negotiator is probably the only one that you want on your raid team all the others the greedy people and the raid leader who completely freaks out at you when you make a little goof up then uh, not, none of those are ones that you actually really want in a raid. Well, but and, it's and, real fun to see them uh, referenced here. If if you anybody watches like, and I know this is it, like you were saying BlackRock, but if anyone watches the original Leroy Jenkins video, I, you watch the whole thing, and this this raid negotiator card really reminds me of it because they're they're sitting here in a in a group like outside like ready to 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 rush in and they're talking about all right who's going to do what you know you go do this and you do that and, uh, and then you hear like time's up let's do this and then he screams like Leroy Jenkins you know I'm doing it terribly but like and yeah. and then you hear the aftermath like oh my god Leroy wait come back oh stop and like I can just picture the person doing this face here like the oh my yes god. Like, <laughs> yeah and uh so if anyone hasn't watched it like go on YouTube and and, and look uh, at the original Leroy Jenkins video it's so funny but uh you you see the 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 whole thing go down and it was it was pretty great yeah uh, so we got a couple others here though so, and and so the next one up i have is is boomkin and and hit it very hard right now hit it very hard is one of those cases where it's uh it's from that same video where it's one of those things the raid leader said it's become a meme uh and they 
actually went so far as to turn that into a Hearthstone card. I recall a tweet, uh, I believe it was uh, Cora who uh, posted it, said that she wanted to be able to name one of the Warlock cards more dots. Uh, because that that's another thing from there but that would have been that would seem to be too meta i personally agree uh because dot stands for damage over time uh. and which means like you cast something that she so cast it and then it's going to like like sort of a bleeding or a poison effect sure, or something sure. like that um and so that that's sort of what that card would do but i agree that's a bit too meta but hit it very hard that that that's funny enough. That fits Hearthstone flavor pretty well. Well, that's Boom. the voice line. That's the voice line that the, the raid leader says too. When you exactly. play it, it says, as "Hit it very reference. hard." <laughs> in, in my place of in my place of work, when this video came out and the more dots thing was happening, um, there was this candy you could buy that was called dots. Yes, and I've had um, yeah, people were buying them, and they were like, "My boss loved WoW," and. We went and we put the dots all over his desk before he came in to work, and he got the joke instantly when he came in. That's great. Uh, you can just speak the same unspoken language that way. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Uh, so, the inside so, jokes. so what is the boomkin, though? I don't understand that. Boomkin is another meme that's essentially, uh, so, so uh, as I'm sure you probably know from, because this type of creature has been on many other druid cards over the years, it's actually called a moonkin. Uh, it's actually something that some druids can uh, change the shape into. It has a connection with the astral forces, like sun and moon and all of that stuff. Um, it's like an owl boom, bear. <laughs> Boomkin is the sort of out of game reference that uh, a nickname that some players gave them back in the early days. Um, largely, uh, it was initially kind of a, a reference to them like running out of mana quickly before that was something that was fixed in the game. Um, and, you know, just also kind of funny it's it's just something that they made that you know the boomkin is not a thing in wow that is at all different from a moonkin but they want they wanted to go with the theme of you know the love letter to the history of how this stuff has got including the the meme culture that surrounded it and so they just decided to make boomkin a card i see cool cool all right, so we got another one, another one up here, and I'm sure that there's a story behind this that I have no <laughs> idea. But but tell it like, don't stand in the fire. Don't stand in the fire is I'm not <laughs> certain if it originates with that same video or not because I haven't seen the whole thing myself. But I can tell you that it has become so ingrained into internet and MMO culture that even if you're not playing World of Warcraft. If you're playing some other game that's a, t a team-based game where you're fighting bosses and there is a t an effect that a boss doesn't attack where something goes on the ground and if you're standing in it, then you take damage. It's all referred to as don't stand in the fire. Even if it's not fire at all, if it's some sort of acid damage or, or corruption or, or a falling stalactite or whatever, 
but people, if you are too slow or maybe you got distracted or AFK'd or something, then everyone will scream type in the chat, get out of the fire, don't stand in the fire. <laughs> because it's really annoying on the healers in a group who have the responsibility of keeping everyone alive that, and some people, it's just that they don't understand, especially for someone like, you know, when I was new to MMOs, I didn't quite understand what everyone was saying or whatever. Um, but to, who doesn't know that you're supposed to get out mm -hmm. of the fire or you're too slow or something, then they were trying to heal you, but you are making their job so much more difficult by yeah. refusing to move from an area <laughs> where you are taking damage consistently. And so this is not exclusive at all to Anixia's Lair, though maybe it originated here, I'm guessing, um, because this was the first raid and this is such an old classic game um, that it, it's gone way beyond Anixia's Lair, way beyond even World of Warcraft. This is just a thing that people say. I don't even know if it's just remains within MMOs now, there might be things where people say this to each other in real life or in reference to other things. I don't know, but you know how these things can evolve, take a life of their own and change mm -hmm. meanings over times. And this has been around for a long time. That's great. That's, that's funny. I'm sure it's uh yeah. It'll, and it'll be around for a long time to come. Uh, all right. looks like we had, we've got one last little story here. So um, for one of our other legendary cards from this set, our dragon, I don't know how to pronounce it. Hela, Hela, Hela. I'm not quite sure either. I've never heard it pronounced, but uh, uh, Hela sounds uh, right to me. So yeah, so, uh, this is another interesting little uh, nod to the way that the raid worked. Because um, Hydra, you probably remember this if you were playing back then. Do you recall having to attune in order to be able to even go into these raids in the first place there were certain uh, quests that you had to go on before you could even enter them yeah you needed certain quests to go in and sometimes you could go in without having all of the quests and not realize it and then miss out on certain things but yes there, there were you had to go around and collect quests from all over the world of warcraft they wouldn't even be like the person standing in front of the door, there would be quests in like Thunder Bluff and, and Orgrimmar and like they're all over and you would want to collect these before you entered any like raid or instance. Right. And so for Anixia's Lair, there was a whole quest chain that you had to play first that led to the scene where you revealed her true identity. And then, as I said, that's the part where, like in Lorevarian did it, but in game, players are the ones who managed to figure out, uh, generally through some uh, working with uh, Bulvar, who then I suspected something, but was also being a bit mind-controlled by her at the time. And uh, but basically, you're eventually able to... Uh, reveal her true identity, then she reveals her true dragon form, all of her guards do, and she flies away back to her lair, you have to fight the guards, and then uh, Bolvar gives you, apparently th there was, one of the ways that she was controlling him was with an amulet that she gave him that got damaged, uh, which is uh, the Drinkfire amulet. Uh, <laughs> that sounds a little familiar. Uh, I think I'm getting all this right, at least. That's uh, 
been, been a bit of time. Hydra, correct me if you remember anything different from your uh, play experience all those years ago. But uh, basically, what happens is that that sets off another quest chain where you need something that that serves as a key to get into a Nixia's Lair, something that's infused with the power of dragons. And so what you end up doing is going on a quest in this area called Winter Spring, uh, where you end up talking to this lady here, uh, who is another dragon in Immortal Guise. Uh, she is a blue dragon. Uh, in fact, she is the consort to Malgos. Uh, so she is kind of like a, a queen among blue dragons, really. And uh, she is one of the types of dragons who is, you know, she's very studious, um, very friendly, but territorial, as blue dragons are, and uh, determined to, you know, work on collecting magical artifacts to make sure they don't fall into the wrong hands and get abused and cause chaos. So, um, by talking to her, you get quests that help you to repair slash obtain the Drakefire Amulet, which you need to enter Onyxia's Lair. For this particular one, uh, everyone had to have it. You couldn't have it stashed away in your bank. Uh, you couldn't just be in a group with other people who had it. Every single person, in order to get into Onyxia's Lair, had to have the Drakefire Amulet. And that's why the flavor text for Drakefire Amulet says, oh, it only took me this many times of uh, going to Winter Spring in order to get it. Because <laughs> this is the character that you talk to in order to get the thing that allows you to even get into the raid of Anixia's Lair in the first place. And all right, this is one thing that I didn't know about. Uh, I wasn't able to guess what this character was in the art. At, uh, well, there's one very good reason for aside from the fact that I didn't know the character. This is the first time that we've ever seen her dragon form uh, in this art, which mm. Hearthstone has done that a few other times, actually, yeah. uh, with some other dragon legendary characters, where it's the first time we see them as dragons, and we'd only seen them in their often, you know, human or elf uh, personas in World of Warcraft. Well, uh, I think at least that's at least partially because those are easier for them to animate because they are just working with existing uh, character models there. Yeah, no, it's funny that you bring that up, though, because uh, I didn't realize it until now. But the art in Drakefire Amulet is actually, um, you know, Hela in her human form. I mean, it matches spot on that the hair yeah. and the, the robes and the colors and all that. So it's like, oh, wow. You know, they, they really do a deep dive here when they, uh, yes. you know get into the the lore behind the scenes and the artwork and and like i would say you know the past dozen lore episodes that we've done like 99 percent of the time it matches up like spot on that you would not yeah. know from not playing the game and like it, there's so much here that it's just so rich in in story and flavor and so uh it, you know it's it's pretty impressive oh yeah like the, the people who make all this stuff are real passionate nerds as well and so they uh <laughs> <laughs> that they, they they detail is really important to them even more so than to people like us i'm certain for us it's it's really cool stuff for them it like if there's a if there's a color that is off place i'm sure there'd be people who would freak out about yeah, that you yeah know? they know that will poke the holes and everything so they have to be extremely thorough yes <laughs> yeah and then we also had uh, a couple other uh card references with uh deep breath and scale of anixia that uh were references to uh deep breath 
uh, the mage card is one of the abilities that she casts in the boss fight that the if you're tanking you have to like take the full brunt of that and keep it pointed away uh, and everyone else needs to stay away from the tank otherwise you get attacked by the flame breath which does a lot of damage and you also have to avoid her tail swipe on the other end which does a bunch of damage um and yeah it, like i said it was uh it was a pretty tough fight for people at the time uh i'm sure of course nowadays you could get on some high leveled character and go back and it's nothing but there is the wild classic servers if you want exactly. to get that experience uh it's it's preserved in that way um but yeah, the, and, and the scale of Anixia is something that uh, could be skinned in order to get a special cloak that you needed to do other content later on. Um, but yeah, I think those are that's pretty much all of the references to anything that's distinctly in the game. That's a but lot, though. For, there's for so one, many. Yeah, for, for one raid battle, I mean, 35 cards, that is quite yeah. a bit. And, and these are things that you really wouldn't know unless you did a, a deep dive. And so I'm always fun to do this. And especially uh, from from this, like, you know, Luddite perspective, I really have played, I played enough WoW to get my um, uh, Paladin hero skin, you know, you hit level 20 or whatever, and that was the extent that I played. And so uh, hearing all these stories, like it just makes me want to play or learn more about it. It's so much fun. So thank you very, very much for, for doing this deep dive. Um, and, and again, giant uh, congratulations on accurately predicting the mini set mm -hmm. months ago. Gosh, it was probably three months ago, um, you know, way before there was any hint of uh, what it was going to be or or any sort of um, uh, data mining. And so um, spot on spot on prediction here. I, I'm excited. Do you have any uh, predictions for for future sets before we, you know, jump up and wrap up up the show here? Uh, thought I'd, I thought I'd ask really that. I can't really give anything right now. Uh tell you what. Uh first show that I'm back on after they give their little teaser art for the next Hearthstone year, that'll mm -hmm. give me something to go on. Fair enough. Uh but there's no way that I can predict anything unless I had access to like hack blizzard files or something which... once we get those three little symbols for each yeah, expansion that then i'll have something to go on i may or may not be right but uh uh i can i have lots of ideas i have groups of people that i can consult with who are even more nuts about this stuff than i am but they just don't play hearthstone and we'll see so if, uh... Uh... Prophet Goliath can strike again. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, we're we're about to kind of wrap up the show. We got a couple, you know, end end of the show uh, things that we do every week. But before we do that, um, Goliath has has brought us uh, another parody song, um, and I'm so excited to listen to it. Yeah, for those of you who aren't familiar, um, back when we first started the show, we were doing parody songs like every single week. And after doing, oh gosh, probably 40 of them in a, in a row, it was like we, we sort of burnt out a little bit. And we still try to do them from time to time. But uh, there, there's a lot of people who love them. And one of the things that uh, has been uh, amazing, Goliath typically will create a song and, and bring it to the show when, he, when he's on. And it's it's always super fun. The last one that you did was probably that you have outdone them all. It was, it was so incredible. But uh, we have another one tonight. And so we are going to take a brief pause and play it for everybody here. Uh, and then we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up the show. Um, Real excited for that. And so, so, uh, 
listen in. We're going to, we're going to play this. We'll do a couple housekeeping things. And then we've got some exciting stuff uh, that we'll be hosting here right after the show. And we'll get, we'll get into that in a moment. So uh, without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and play the song. Um, and uh, for, for Goliath and Hydra, you, you won't hear it, but everyone watching live on stream, you will hear it. Those listening on the, the audio version or watching on YouTube, you will hear it. So uh, I'm going to play that right now. Uh, it's called Black Dragon's Fire to the to the tune of St. Elmo's Fire, so I cannot wait. Listen up, you don't know how hard a rain can be. the party come and slay a black dragon with me and maybe sometime if you deal the pain she'll die before we do that would be a nice change fight the boss you know you can't quit until it's won so just want the marsh only you can do what must be done It will be a tough fight, I can guarantee She's captured and to win And we've gotta break him free I can see your Nixie's lair there Underneath the burning sky I'll be where the dragon's flying higher and higher Gotta keep this raid in motion All I need is a decent team Make sure you don't stand in the black dragon fire Burning up Avoid the deep breaths from her flaming maw From her flaming maw Many helps Hit it very hard and don't withdraw We can handle it, we can kill this brute We'll skin her scales for cloaks And hope for lots of loot I can see your Nixie's lair there Underneath the burning sky I'll be where the dragon's flying Higher and higher Gonna keep this raid in motion All I need is a decent team Just make sure you don't stand in the black dragon's fire We can stop this old brute mother See this mission through Watch a quick black dragon fires burning on you A burning on you oh, Get out of the fire For once in my life Maybe this raid won't wipe is our time right now Watch out for that tail swipe I can see more whelps are coming I can see the healers fall Now the tanks are overwhelmed Our chances look small Gotta keep this raid in motion All I need is a decent team Make sure you don't stand in the black dragon fire I 
can see your nixies where they're underneath the burning sky. I'll be where the dragon's flying higher and higher. Gonna keep this raid in motion. All I need is a decent team. Just make sure you don't stand in the black dragon fire. We can stop the soul brood mother. We can see this mission through. Watch a quick black dragon fires burning on you. Burning. Burning on you. I can see a burning. Burning. Ah, darn it, another wipe. Better luck next time. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Well done. Well done yet again. Wow. I thank you. So good. Absolutely. So I just like the last time you made one, I just have this big grin on my face the entire time and it like it hurts my cheeks. It, yeah. It's Would you believe that I cranked this out almost entirely this morning. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, well I, I had a lot of work this week. I didn't have much time. I've been cooking the concept in my head for a while, but in terms of writing the actual words, I'm like, okay, I got to have this ready for tonight, and I need to get work taken care of, so let's do this. That's great. <laughs> wow. Well, great, great, great work. And, uh, Thank you. I, I love it. Thank you so much. That's 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 a ton of fun. Uh, you I, I, get so, job, I get so, so much joy out of uh, sh sharing these with people. Seeing all of your reactions, enjoying them makes makes everything worth it and so much more so. <laughs> so good. So good. Uh, all right. Well, we're nearing the end of our show here. And so just to transition a, a couple of things that we typically will hit on before we end. Uh, one thing that I want to bring up real quick, and, and Sheep usually does as part of the show, is talking about our Born to be Wild listener series. And so for those of you who may not be familiar, the Born to be Wild listener series is a free wild Hearthstone tournament series um, over uh, several weeks with custom deck building restrictions each week. Um, the main series lasts five weeks, followed by three weeks of playoffs. We are currently in the um, the essentially the playoffs now. So, so this is, uh, I guess week six, which would be the first week of playoffs. So we're in top eight, um, which I guess would be the quarterfinals. Uh, so tonight's or this week's challenge rather is called just, you wait until I have 150 mana. Um, let's see if you uh, get that reference or not. But, uh, so this week's challenge is that your deck must equal exactly 150 total mana. So when you look at the, uh, the mana cost of the various cards, the deck assembled has to, um, you know, essentially, it's an average of uh, 35 at five mana. Anyways, um, so if you are watching here live or if you're listening or watching on YouTube, you want to catch it later. Right after the show, we are going to be hosting a match uh, between two of our competitors. And so we've got uh, Maxibon and Diamond, who are going to be facing off against each other tonight. Uh, we'll be casting that match here, uh, and so stay tuned for that. If uh, you guys are interested in seeing a, a fun match, uh, some some wacky deck building restrictions, and some great competition here, we've we've got it all geared up and ready to go. We'll be covering that right after the show. If you're watching this later on YouTube or listening to the audio version of the podcast, check out our YouTube page, and we'll have the match uh, posted there separately. Um, 
super cool. If you're interested in participating, again, uh, this season, uh, we're in season four, is almost over. So uh, we'll have two more weeks. Um, so we'll have top four and then the top two. Take a little break and typically we'll restart um, after the next set launches, a couple weeks into the new set. But it's it's an absolute blast. There's zero cost. It's a lot of fun. And it's just a, a group of um, friends hanging out and uh, playing games together with wacky decks that uh, you will not see ever on ladder. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're interested in more information, again, check out our website. It's borntobewildhs.com. And uh, there's a listener series page, and that gives you some more information. There's got We've got like links to VODs for, for past uh, challenges and matches if you're interested in checking those out. Um, so, yeah, there you go. There's, there's the spiel. Uh, one other thing that we do each week is a weekly listener challenge. And so knowing that this set was coming, uh, we themed last week's challenge and this week's, for that matter, based on Anixia's Lair boss raid. Um, let me pass the mic over to Hydra to, to jump into last week's winner and then this week's challenge. Yeah, so uh, last week's challenge, basically what I wanted to see was, like, never mind dropping a big old Anixia, the first one, or the, the new Anixia raid boss. That's cool to kill your opponent with. But what I wanted to see was you kill your opponent with one of the whelps that you summoned because i mean it's a little bit bm but it that's what i wanted to see i wanted to see get that lethal kill them with one of the whelps and uh i figured also sometimes we need a tiebreaker just because more than one person ends up submitting so if your whelps a little bit bigger than a one one or a two one that'll get you you know the higher points well Mikkel decided to make it a little bit bigger and decided to make his 1-1 or 2-1 whelp into a 9-9 whelp. Oh man! <laughs> How do you do that? Well, I don't. I'm not exactly sure. It was a druid deck, from um, what I can tell here, and everything was buffed. So uh, there's a, a big board happening, but it ended up getting lethal with a nine-nine whelp, not even just a, a little wee whelp. So man. that was pretty cool to see. So congratulations to Mikkel. Uh, you're going to get two Hearthstone packs on us, so we'll reach out to you and we'll get those sent off to you as soon as we can, and you can pick your expansion of choice. Absolutely. For this week's challenge, it I'm going to give full credit to Nate because Nate put this one together oh, yeah. completely. This amazing. Uh, so I'm going to pass the mic to let Nate describe because he'll probably do a little bit better of a job as he did create this one yeah so so i would try to do something a little bit different this week and uh you know when we do these challenges we uh you know sometimes it's get lethal with xyz or let your opponent kill you with xyz or have the you know the most attack or the biggest weapon or whatever it is and so um you know this this is not too dissimilar to one of those but in the spirit of things the idea is we were talking about the uh, Black Dragon flight, and so what I want to see is how many of the various Black Dragon flight uh, cards or representatives you can get on the board at one time. Uh, and so there are a lot of things here, and and this graphic might, might be a little bit small on the screen. I'll post it in the Discord. Um, and but essentially, there's there's kind of a, a point scale divvied up between uh, the, the various legendary cards and the whelps. And so um, uh, so here's the challenge: um, How many of the following can you get on the board 
at one time. It can be all at once, it can be over multiple turns, but they have to be on the board together. And so uh, you would take a screenshot showing you know these these minions on the board at the same time. I'm sure that there's some tricks, you know, you can reduce them. Uh, you know, you can reduce the mana cost, you can bounce them, you can, whatever it is, uh, you know, there, there's a, a certain Deathwing that has a death rattle that, that, that may help. Uh, and so, but there's, there's a point schedule. I, you know, initially had thought about making, uh, you know, extra points for, for different cards here, but not wanting to have people with uh, smaller collections, not be able to participate. And so, um, didn't didn't want to uh you know go go crazy with the uh the the points for your more obscure legendaries like Rathion. Uh so so 20 points for using uh either of the hero portraits for Anixia or Deathwing and then 10 points for any of the uh following legendaries so you've got the three different um Anixia cards, you've got the four different Deathwing cards. Uh, you've got Lady Prestor, you've got Rathion. Uh, you can also play Whelps, uh, but they are worth significantly less points. And so, so each of these legendaries twenty are ten points each. Uh, these Whelps are are two points um, for. Uh, all of the Whelps, with the exception of two, because they they don't quite fit the spirit of. Um, you know, while, while they may count in terms of, uh, you know, Hearthstone mechanics and Anixia as whelps, uh, eh, they don't quite fit the, the spirit of it as well. So two points for all the whelps with the exception of Big Old Whelp and Mechanical Whelp, which are only one point, uh, be, because they're, they're not quite uh, there. I mean, they're there, but not really what we're looking for. So, um, you know, it's, it's tricky to try to explain, but there's a graphic. There's a graphic on the screen. We'll, we'll dump the graphic into the Discord. Uh, we can post it on our, you know, social media or whatever. Nefarian's also there for uh, the 10 points up with the big, the oh, big yeah. boys. My bad. Uh, I, I've been massively sleep deprived over, over the past week. And so uh, I'm, I'm was kind of surprised myself at putting this together in the first place. So yeah. Uh, uh, but anyways, it, it should be fun. I'm curious yeah. to see. There's probably a way to do it. You know, sometimes we come up with these challenges and I don't even know how they're going to do it and people will do it. Um, there are ways. Uh, there are ways. So And so it's only the cards that are in the graphic here, either characters that are among the like significant characters we talked about today or of the whelps. So even like new dragons that came like, like Onyxie and Drake or something, those might include your deck to help you with dragon synergies but they won't count towards this score correct yeah just just the just the cards on the uh, the graphic here and and really if you're looking to to win this the uh the points are really all with the um you know the the big legendary dragons here that we were talking about in tonight's lore episode yeah you know, the little dra the little the little uh, whelps are cute but um <laughs> they're they're not as uh Mm, they don't carry as much weight. We'll They're say. not as scary. We're not as, as afraid of little Wrathion uh, there. <laughs> well, that's right. <laughs> that's right. So, hey, you know what? If it, I'd love to see people do this to see, uh, you know, how many points you can rack up. Uh, the way that you go about doing this, uh, same as every other week. Um, challenges can be played in casual mode or on ladder, uh, but not against a friend, not against the innkeeper. We don't want you to tank your rank, but at the same time, we don't want to make it too easy. And like it or not, the innkeeper will make it too easy. Uh, take a screenshot 
posted in our Discord channel uh, in the weekly challenges page. The winner will be announced on next week's show and will receive two Hearthstone packs of their choice on us and, and be immortalized in the Hall of Fame on our website. Um, again, I'll, I'll post the Discord link uh, here in chat for those people who are watching. And, uh, you know, if, if you're listening later, you can go to our website and the link is there. Um, so, yeah, we'll see uh, what people are able to come up with. And hopefully it's it's a fun thing. I think that there are some ways I see Maxi Bond in, in chat has got some ideas already. <laughs> and so uh, there's there's some ways. Um, and I was only kidding. Rathion is actually worth a full 10 points. I was only making a joke at his whelp status. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's right. That's right. Um all right. Well, that wraps it up for tonight's show. Thank you all so very much for, for joining us. Thank you to everyone that's here live watching. Thank you, Goliath, so much for sharing the, the stories behind these cards with us. It's it's an absolute pleasure. It's always fun hearing the stories. The song is still like it's going to be stuck in my head all week. I'm, I have the privilege of having the MP3. I did my just, job. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I will be... Uh, playing it uh, throughout the weekend as I uh, do my my chores and stuff over here. Uh, so I, I'm excited and we'll get that song posted up on the website as well. And um, yeah, that's that's about it for more wild content or see where you can find us individually for, for all of that fun stuff. Visit the website at borntobewildhs.com. And uh, again, we'll be back next Friday for more stuff. And uh, I'm sure um, Sheep will be back and uh, just, you know, excited for uh, what's in store for us next. So thank you all. Job's done. Bye. Bye. Uh